0: Welcome to another episode of the Reboot Chronicles, a no holds barred forum with global leaders, authors, entrepreneurs, and CEOs about how organizations stay focused on growth and innovation in unprecedented times. I'm your host, Dean Tobias, coming to you live from Revive's North American headquarters in Chicago, and we would like to thank you for joining us from around the globe today. This is Dean DeBias with the Reboot Chronicles. Today, I am joined by Jay Sundaram who is the Chief Strategy Officer of Zoho. And we're, we're actually here today at the Zoho Conference in uh, Austin, Texas. It's good to see you.
1: Good to see you, Dean. Thank you for having
0: I, uh, me. I heard your talk this morning. It was pretty uh, insightful. Any, uh, any tidbits you want to
1: start us out with before we jump into the company? Uh, one of the viewpoints we always take in the company is... Uh, is taking that long-term view of things. And a lot of that stems from uncertainty, economy, things like that. So it stems from the top. That's the way the CEO thinks. That's what he worries about. He always worries about things that are 10 years out, that you don't even think sometimes is worth worrying about until you get five years into it. And (laughs) then you realize that. I've been there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, did you give him like a product roadmap uh, since, I mean, this is,
1: yeah, so I, I teamed uh, with with uh, my uh, colleague Raju, and both of us have run all the operations here in the Americas. And uh, he focused more on our products. That I was talking about to the big challenges that we all face, companies, consumers today, mm-hmm. everybody, one from fundamentally a different type of economic uncertainty that we haven't seen. And uh, so I want to talk about that and how, how we ad- are trying to adapt to that. And the second thing is being the massive technological change, particularly coming from AI and how we as a company are adapting. And I was hoping to get the customers to see how we think about that and how, what's, what worries us, you know, it's not about what, what's on coming to the market next year, it's where we will be there for you 10 years from now. And what do we need to do to ensure that?
0: That's usually my last question. So, um, what does, what does worry you the most now?
1: It's, it's uh, viability in the long term, you know, we, we're a company that's been there for 27 years, we pride ourselves of being there for at least 27 more, maybe none of the current players will be there, but the company will be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the idea is that we build that kind of an edifice that will sustain itself. And it sustains itself because it's it's uh, it has it's built on a self-sustaining model, which is certainly starts with being able to make money, mm-hmm. as opposed to just take money or depend on valuations. And the second part of it is to have a culture that's enduring and lasts over time.
0: And what? Uh, so tell me about your role, uh, chief strategy officer. <laughs> it, it's um, it probably does. Uh, it's probably a tenth of what you actually do. So, what uh, what's your what's your real day job?
1: Yeah. The. Uh, the history to the title is it just came up, you know, and I spoke to the CEO one day, said, I like it. said, nice what title, title <laughs> should he have? He said, oh, how about that? And we hadn't even talked what work I would do. You know, so, so that's how it came about. Sounds
0: like a startup, but... Uh,
1: yeah, it, and I know him for a long time, right? So yep. it, the title doesn't matter to either him or no, me. You no, know? so, of course not. So that was it. Uh, but what I wind up doing, I do get involved in aspects of strategy. You know, one of the things I am leading in the company is our movement as a company into larger customers. We've traditionally started as a small business company. <clears throat> and now we've the market and our advancements in technology and everything else is taking us into bigger customers. So which is a, a different different game. Right? Very different. A lot, a lot of things to build up. So I'm spearheading that and driving the strategy on that front. You know, that's sort of where I could put my anchor in the company. Right. And some of the other things, I run our global partner program. And uh, we tend to operate very much outside silos. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it doesn't matter what the problem is. It could be a finance problem. It could be a operations problem. Uh, we just get into it. And as one of the members of the executive team, I have anybody reach out to me for advice and it doesn't even matter what the function is. Exactly. Like, I spend a lot of time with the CFO because I have a finance background and he and I are two people who can talk a lot about this stuff.
0: Yeah, you know, it's usually rare in, uh, in your role, which is which is great. Um, so I want to jump into all that, but maybe just back up a touch. Um, you I think you're in about 180 countries right now, massive growth over the last five years for sure. And, um, going head to head against some big dogs in the market, as well as some upstarts that are doing more niche products. How, but as you, as you grow this fast, um, how, how do you maintain a culture for the company Or, or maybe maintains a bad word?
1: Yeah, how do you yeah sustain it and and keep it going? You know, that's you said this is a, a what keeps you awake at night, right? That is actually the core of what it is. How do we make something that's continuous and 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 stays over time, lasts over time, right? So that's the big part of it. And and as a company, what we what we've a methodology we've adopted over the years is a notion of. Coming up, coming up with particular ideas that then crystal into, crystallize into, uh, what we call convictions. Mm -hmm. And those convictions become cemented a bit more. And, and so many times we have certain practices and some of those practices become convictions. So I'll Hmm. give you an example. We are proud to say that we put our employees first. Although it's fashionable to say that you put your customers first, Mm -hmm. right? We obviously put our customers up there as well. I mean, we wouldn't be in business if that were not the case. But, you know, employees aren't a fungible quantity for us. You know, so we we haven't laid anybody off. We won't. The CEO actually made a statement uh, that he won't. And uh, I would... Challenge you to find the CEO of a company this size who will say that and if, over the last
0: few years. That wasn't a big deal But now you guys stick yeah. out like yeah. a, you know, Before
1: you see where the precipice great. is <laughs> to make that statements a different story exactly. When you hit the bottom it's easier to do that. Yeah, right So I think so that's an example of a value So I always talk with the notion of a notion of loyalty being a two-way street mm-hmm. It's not just the employee is loyal to you You're loyal to the employee and the time you need to be loyal to the employees when the going is rough, right? So, which is usually never the case. Yes, which is never the case. That's the time when everyone's pulling the plug, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so, yeah, so that's that's an example that's, of a commission. That's,
0: that's very different. <clears throat> and that's over a long history. You've been that's through, over a long history. You've been through a few dips, probably which is three, actually. Yeah.
1: Three, three big ones, which is the reason why we have um, middle tier of managers who actually make the company, um, have been there for 20 plus years. The company's 27 years old. Yeah, right?
0: whereas most companies, the mid-tier isn't doing much. Yours yes. is. They are doing a lot. They're doing
1: the stuff, and they the they stuff. persist. They persist over time. Yeah. And and they are the people training the next generation of folks.
0: I think Salesforce is learning that lesson in a hard way right now. That yeah. The yeah. How you engage the tiers and, and actually keep that or not have a middle tier yes. is so important uh, yeah. c- culturally. So it seems like you guys really do walk the talk. And how does that project? Customers, do they care? Or
1: it's does interesting it, it, it's does it just that you use out of every presentation. Uh, no, it does. You know, it it does. And uh, without sounding uh, self promoting, I'll just mm-hmm. give you some facts. When I finished my presentation this morning, we opened it up for questions. One of the questions was not a question; it was a comment. And mm-hmm. from the gentleman who had been thirty years in the accounting business, working for one of the big firms, seemed a lot in his life.
0: Speaking of soulless companies, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: And he said, he said, what I like most about you guys is your culture. And I appreciate what you stand for and your culture. And, and, and actually, we don't say this because we want this reaction. We say it because we believe it. Yeah. Right? And, and we actually do it. I mean, accolades can come, but that's not what makes this, right? So yeah. we almost every time I will get a comment like that. Or people, when I walk off a stage, people will say, uh, we see your personality when you talk. And not just me, even someone like Raju. Mm-hmm. Because we wear it on our sleeve, right? And you can't hide these things. He definitely does, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, uh, I don't think I've ever heard someone's customer say that to a, uh, you know, a big dog in, in after a talk or, or in a Q&A. It's not something customers feel or, or care yeah. about. Do you think that's sustainable? Is that something that um, will always be part of your...
1: I think, yes, absolutely. Transference, sustainable
0: now, DNA, let's say, absolutely. into the market.
1: I think it is sustainable. That doesn't mean we will not face the risk of keeping it intact. We yeah. will. As you grow bigger, you're going to have that risk. So we are very careful how we hire people yeah. and some other things. Like when we grow certain regions, we make sure that somebody leads up the region is from the old school, you know, and who comes in, who's, who's a 20-year veteran, yeah. who comes into the region... And maybe hires people that people that he needs to he or she, yeah. but they become the 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 glue over there for tribal and, leader and establish the culture. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, that's missing. I mean, a couple of things I teach at Kellogg is our, our Dancing with Startups program. But um, what I make fun of large corporations, I call them BFSs because they get big and fat and slow, and that's fine because they're yeah. multi-billion-dollar companies, but. The connected tissue in that Venn diagram is irrelevance, obscurity, and decline, which is usually where they end up. And it usually points back to this. It's like you, it just doesn't scale mm-hmm. and unless they do certain things to reboot their people, their platform, right. their passion, and do a lot of the, the things that we do with companies. But um, to see an action is, is interesting because you, you've, you you know, as you look and in, go into enterprise, you've basically got all these little startups, still many of them well funded. I know there's mm-hmm. been a clean out phase. But and you're going up against the, own do call them, yeah, the big dogs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Everything from an ADP to, a, you mm-hmm. know, to a CEO of Intuit that we had on the program the other day. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you have no shortage of people that want to kill you. <laughs> I always ask yes. the, the yes. chief executive. In this case, it's you. It's like, you know, who do you, who, who do you hate? And they say, we don't hate anyone. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. who hates you?
1: Yeah, everybody hates and, and you've
0: got, you're, yeah. yeah, you've made this, you're doing too much, right? Uh, but the customer's... Love you because what I've learned is you, you're bringing everything into one platform. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like tell you how great you are, yeah. It's just most large companies they want to buy more products from less yes. vendors, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't trust them because anyone is, yes, you know, pulling things together, something breaks, yeah. It just doesn't work that well at a certain point, anyway. There's a question in your somewhere, <laughs> it's yeah how do you go up against competition? it's 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 I've never seen such a diverse set of uh, yeah. battle battlefronts at the same time.
1: This question came up to what the what you just characterized came up this morning too, and uh, we made two points. Uh, we talked about how when when you deal, first of all, we bring many more solutions in one place, right? So you've got a, we can solve a bigger problem for the customer because we have so many more. Capabilities and so many more products, so it makes it easy for them to do business and, and immediately hasten to add that you would doubt that as a customer because you would fear being locked in, mm-hmm. and we won't lock you in. And yeah, I'll tell they you just how figure it's
0: another in. land and expand strategy. Right. You don't care about right. us,
1: And we'll tell you how why we won't lock you in. We won't insist that you sign three your contracts. We won't tell you that you have to buy this suite if you're greater than a certain <laughs> size. We won't tell you you need minimum number of licenses. All the games that- These are all the BFS work. guys, by the way. Exactly. It's Isn't all in their it, contracts. We so. all came from enterprise world. We don't want to do any of those things. Like, ah, yes. Know? Interesting.
0: And um, and then the employees, their, let's just call it physical, mental shape is such a big part of that, which usually it's not. It's mm-hmm. like, it's the software. It works. It yes. doesn't work. Yeah. You know, yes. I don't hear that at a- Fill in the blank, I won't, I'll stop naming names, it's not polite, but I love doing it. It's, it's just too easy. But what are you doing, by the way, just to, before we move on to partnerships and stuff, just to actually help employees, you know, through this whole, you know, the good news is you're not firing people, like yeah. other companies have done, you know, 10 grand at a crack type of thing, but uh, yeah, just to promote work life balance, mental health, things like that. Are you guys doing anything different that other companies <clears throat> can learn from? Because it seems, I'll like, seems like something's yes. working.
1: i would answer the first part. Whether they can learn from it is really up to them. <laughs> uh, I would say we do a lot of things different. I think first of all, people have a sense of of trust that the company is watching your back, right? Mm. And the big one is most people is not if, watching behind your back, but actually watching watching your back. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's a good one. So it's uh, it's more of uh, they 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 know that they know that the company yep. is going to uh, respect their role. And that fundamental fear that I might get fired or get laid off doesn't exist, right? Mm, right? So that changes things a lot. So that's one thing. I'll put, I'll bring out three or four things that link together and form that employee experience. The second one is we are very, uh, I, I use the word um, anti-credentialist. Mm. So we don't look for people who come with badges or wear things on their sleeve, right? right? And so sometimes I interview people I don't even know what degree they have. and I really don't care. You know, I have Shovel myself, but that's anomalous at Zoho, yeah. you know. And so I think, uh, so I don't really care because I've seen enough in life and who who, who gets things done. Right. So so there's that ability and that faith that people have that I'm going to re- get rewarded for what I do and mm-hmm. what I can make happen, and not because of something I was born with or I was happened to have had the good fortune to do. So that's like one of the. That's the second thing. Another thing I'd like to point out is is people are not cast into silos. So we have people, I don't think you'll find another company where so many people have swapped and changed roles. You know, you have somebody it's who comes in- so critical. In, somebody will come not. in as a network engineer and yeah. they are a salesperson. Yeah. You know, Or someone who comes in as-, uh, as They rarely as, go the other way. Yeah, or, or like a <laughs> pre-salesperson, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then decides that uh, they want to uh, do PR. You yep. know, And so we have any number of those examples, because if you have that first principle that I'm not going to follow people's credentials, that opens you up to to this possibility, that if you don't value that and just value how good people are, how good they are learning, yep. you're gonna open up, remove those silos. So if you look, these are three good reasons why people tend to stay. Yep. And over time, that pans out.
0: Smart business planning, because credentials, whatever you want to call it, previous experience, Yeah. HR is flawed because it just puts people in this box yeah. and, like, this is yours, this is mine, and yeah. then we go our career paths. And it's, yeah. that's 19, that should have stopped in the 80s. It didn't. It's, yeah. it's still happening everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you can scale that up to 50,000 employees and beyond is, is always the question. Right. You, know, it's right.
1: a, you know, I might actually argue that that is the way you're going to scale it. It helps. Because once, once you're anti credentialist, you have a larger pool of people to bring in. And you're not hunting in the same places that everybody else is. You're not getting your people poached, yep. you know? So you but actually you can't hire
0: the control freaks either. Cause they don't like that yes. environment. They're like, wait a minute. Yes. You all work for me. No, I don't. Yes. But I'll help you. Yeah. Oh, I like that. It's very refreshing. So I love what you do know, with the people. Let's shift to the, uh, my favorite topics, which is you know scaling companies more rapidly, is to me it's all through the, the connected tissue of partnerships and putting together the right ones that unnaturally can accelerate the company's growth. That's a, you know we do a reboot and um, and uh, especially if you're going into enterprise because you've got kind of like some of your competitors, you've got you know small, really small companies, right? Mid tiers mm-hmm. talked to a few of them today, and then you know the up market, mm-hmm. or as the big guys call it, you're in the down market, but mm-hmm. you're not. You're in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, how do you feel about going into enterprise? Because they typically don't look at companies like yours. They're yeah. like, ah, this stuff doesn't scale, it's fun, but you know. I, yeah. don't, I, don't, have, I don't have 100 employees, Dean. I've got 100,000.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you one thing we have going for us today that has nothing to do with us. The economy. You know, people are going to look for, are looking for value. They're in, safety. Yeah, too. Safety, safety too. They're looking at value, they've been skimmed enough, and prices are going up. Which which shouldn't be the case, yep. so people are looking for value, and that makes them reconsider decisions, right that's one thing the, so that opens up the thing for us because we get into a consideration set yep. where we might otherwise have not right uh, we're also looking at the market, that middle market that you were talking about, so we're not going after the we're not going to go after GE you know unless they come to us and <laughs> uh, so we go after that middle market you could probably of, turn them around <laughs> <laughs> the The middle market of companies where. They're different. You know, these are companies that are much more uh, nimble mm-hmm. than the large giants. They have extremely sophisticated needs. They are much like the large companies of even five years ago in terms of being global, multi-operational, multimedia capabilities. They require all the modern tools and so on. They have the complexity of the largest organizations, but they're more nimble. Mm-hmm. And they're run by people who are s- somewhat younger than probably both of us and uh, who are not who uh, weaned on uh, Oracle or anything else. So they don't even know what they're missing. So that becomes a place that So they don't have get.
0: the old legacy stuff. Yes. Yeah. I'm yes. just trying to think of a couple company examples, private and public company, you know, like an Amway or a WWT, people have never heard of them, but multi-billion, well, they've heard of Amway, but yeah. multi, they're like 7 billion, the other yes. one's more like 17, <coughs> but you know, the couple billion dollar range is right. beautiful market. Right, because they're right. I think they're underserved. And right,
1: absolutely. We have plenty of them in the U.S. And, and many of them all.
0: are using a lot of the small exactly. vendors now. The exactly, even, many of them even are. Even a lot of my board governance roles, we're using software platforms for board communications. That, <laughs> I, I'm uh, being a you know knowing a lot about cybersecurity, I often I often wonder like what kind of certificates some of these companies have, and um, not to get into that, but it's like how do you position yourself. You know, against more, I guess more of the big ones, yeah. um, and versus the the little ones. When you go into an enterprise situation, right. is it like all things to all people, or do when you go up market, is it like, well, they're just going to use a no. couple of our products? Yes,
1: you you nailed it. So when we go up market, we get much more focused. We get focused in two or three ways. First, okay. we started by looking at our current customers. You know, and so like make vertical sure, kind of, yeah, the ones who are already big enough to make sure that we can serve them. We can make sure uh, we can adapt our models to handle their size in a more, in a more, uh, full touch kind of a model, you know, which, which normally doesn't exist in the small business. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so we practice on, on, on those customers. We have very, uh, a very select set of products. We know that not every product is going to be enterprise-ready. Any company that has 50 is not going to have all of them that's that's ready, but plenty are. A small set, we go with a small set, less than six, right? And we focus on that because and they, they're the ones that, that those are the products that tend to be things that enterprises want. CRM is a good example. Mm-hmm. And we do a great job competing against the biggest guys on, on that product. So we lead with that. We go in with that set. Our messaging is clear. We speak to that kind of language. And... Where I started this con- where we started this conversation, we, bring the, the, we remove some of the things that vendors bring when dealing with enterprises, the nickel and diming strategy, the forcing them into contracts, just make it easy to do business. Take that, that, kind of a take that Salesforce. Yeah. Yeah. That's the style. So bringing
0: the style. And you're smart yeah. to start with something as malleable, I guess, as CRM, because people are willing to switch because yes. it's usually not performing or there's whatever, yes. versus we're gonna take over your accounting and billing system. We're yes. Going, no. <laughs> no, yes.
1: No, you're not. <laughs> yes. Exactly.
0: So how's it going?
1: It's going well. You know, we. we I mean, it's a different world. It's, it's a different It's culture. a different world. You have
0: th- to go hire. I mean, you know how Salesforce started. They yes. took all the Oracle guys. Yes. yes. You don't want to do that. One
1: thing we won't do is hire a <laughs> bunch of high paid sales guys. Sales guys. And you can unleash say them it, on <laughs> uh, on uh, on uh, unanticipated customers. That's not what we'll do. Yeah. So we will do it our way, Smart. we'll do it our way. And that's why we'll start with that middle market, which is going to be more of a sweet spot for us. And uh, we'll, we'll bring our set of values. <laughs> At the end of the day, we, are, we do business with humans. So if they appreciate your values, they appreciate your values, whether they're in a big company or a small company. Right. And if they see that we are easier to do business with, we have the best interests in mind, we don't turn on the clock and start billing every time they do anything. That changes the way they look at us. Yeah. So we do have a challenge though. We do have less awareness to your earlier points. Sure, sure. We are less well known and we have to build an enterprise ecosystem, as I would call it. Exactly which follows the entire path of the customer from lead generation to say to lead nurturing and sales and account management. And we've and loyalty and retention and support and all of that. That entire journey of the customer and we've done that. So we've already done that. And, and the, the expectation
0: at the enterprise level is a little different. is, is
1: different. So we've laid the teams
0: SLAs down. SLAs are a little different. Yeah. Correct.
1: Totally, totally. And so exactly. Our contracts are going to look different. Our support terms are going to look different. Our people need to know how to respond and how to deal with different levels of 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 uh, individuals in an organization. So that's where we are. We've laid the groundwork. And now we're in the position of slowly going after that business.
0: Yeah, smart. And when you look at, um, so you just touched on everything going in enterprise, everything from product to distribution to Partners. And so when you look at partnerships on the product side and partnerships on the channel management mm-hmm. side, trying <laughs> putting on my strategy hat, um, on the product side, do you see a day where you'll just embed other people's products into the platform so the enterprise actually has more running on your stuff, but yeah. maybe you don't have to build everything yourself? It's, we'll, it's, a, it's a trick that a lot of companies do, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure it fits here. It no, it doesn't.
1: Uh, I'll tell you the way we'll do it. We will not deny customer choice. So for example, today we introduced a product called Zoho Directory, which allows people to manage their entire suite of applications, our customers. Yeah. And they don't have to be just Zoho applications. So, we, you so want they can to, plug in anything. They can plug in it. anything, single sign-on, all the kinds of things that you expect yeah. from a single unified system you can get. So we're not going to impose on them that you can't use the selections that you've made. But what we won't do is we won't buy products and integrate them into the Zoho fold because that's going to destroy, we believe, it's going to destroy all of that thing about culture mm-hmm. and people and everything else. And it's not for no reason that most of these m don't work.
0: Yeah, being an MA and a guy, it's, uh, yeah. if you look at Google, most of their innovation has come through acquisitions. If you look at a Salesforce, Oracle, you name it, all the guys. Uh, Microsoft, yeah. um, a lot of the stuff that's been plugged in have been through acquisitions. And- yeah. Some of them I've sold them, <laughs> yeah. but some of them make it, some don't. So all, are all the products, or I don't know what you're up to, 30 apps going to 50, you call them apps. Um, yeah. Have they all been um, organically built? Everyone. Ah, I didn't know that. Everyone. That so, is another yeah. major differentiator. Yes. And,
1: and it's that, you know, that original philosophy was to do this. And you know this, you've been there long enough. And I've been, I've been a founder myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You've, a team that puts together a product is usually very small. It's like 10 or 15 people, maybe even less, you know, that actually articulate a big proportion of almost any product. So this company was set up through multiple teams that were given a tremendous amount of autonomy. You know, so they weren't, there were no handcuffs placed on them. They were given autonomy. They even told at times, build your 1.0 and build your 2.0, we'll ship 3.0. Yeah. You know, so that they had that confidence that they can make some mistakes. Or we'll mistakes.
0: kill it, yeah. yeah. Either way, it's yeah. Like, so
1: when we, that's why we've got so many products because we've got so many teams that run like little CEOs yep. and like little chieftains in that's, that. That's that's
0: the dancing with startups program. It's like bringing it down to the small groups. Yeah. Sometimes we go out and grab other entrepreneurial groups to accelerate it even faster or get some expertise, like AI. Yeah. For instance, but um, what's what's going on there with you guys? If you go out a couple <clears throat> of years, what's it going to look like? Well, I just talked to your system and it's going to do everything for me. Or <laughs>
1: uh, we uh, you, are you talking with respect to AI or in general? Uh, for
0: you guys, how it will affect your your top products? Okay.
1: AI. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So
0: we we generative is the latest thing. But yeah. There's so, like much, with, there's so much more in the there's background. There's so
1: much more. Like with every, like every company, you know, fire got lit, right? Hmm. And every company is running as fast as they can, and you know, different. Well, I'm yeah, just glad
0: I, you didn't latch onto metaverse, so that was good.
1: Yeah, as Roger says we know the waves not to ride you know so we we <laughs> do, told me. we pick things that we choose not to ride and so this is one of them ai is something we know our customers are going to want it we see the reality of it so our teams were scrambling like everybody else we have more than i think 15 or 20 products that are already embedded something in some form mm-hmm. we will have a, we will have a multi a multi-headed uh, strategy on that. We, we are building our own AI and we've been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. But the LLM is something new for us and we, we're going to be building that. We've been doing machine learning and now LLM is something new and we'll build our own like, like any company our size. We'll also use stuff like ChatGPT and other third-party systems. We'll leave the choice to the customer, but we'll be very cognizant of our boundaries around privacy and let the customer know that when you work with Zoho's technologies you're going to be in this because we own everything right all the way down to the data center you're going to live in this universe and so we let them use third-party systems and not prevent them but then let them know that if you send something to be translated to google it's going to google right you're going to mess
0: up the system yeah, yeah. And it's the, your choice the closed system yeah
1: but we'll, we'll we'll of course constrain it to that customer so yeah. it doesn't bleed over to others
0: yeah that's a good that's a good strategy and what um when you look at the, just the growth trajectory and,
1: you know, if
0: I'm looking out, let's say we're having a talk maybe three, four years from now. You could go five if you have to, but what's the company going to look like?
1: I think we're going to be uh, bigger in many parts of the world as well. Mm-hmm. Like we are in, you said, 150 plus countries. So
0: India and China, for instance, yep, Asia. India has grown very fast for growth. us. Yep.
1: Massive growth. China, China's harder for, right. yeah, for for a lot of reasons. We're growing in many countries, we're growing in Africa. We have four offices in Africa today. Most SaaS companies don't have one. No. And so we're growing in, in Eastern Europe, we're growing in Latin America. So we again, a lot of emerging markets. And so I see in, in, in four or five years, we're going to be players in those markets. and And those markets have normally been left uh, to fallow by some of the larger players, like if you look at Salesforce, something like sixty-nine percent of their revenue comes from America. Yeah. You know? And for us, that's thirty-eight percent. And so we've. Yeah, and so
0: going in enterprise is like zero percent. So you've yeah. got you've got a double. Yeah. Double whammy. Yeah. Can so you guys ever be public?
1: No, we won't. Uh, there's too much. Refreshing. Uh, yeah. There's <laughs> there's too much vested into this model. There's a lot of freedom. There's nothing we lack. Uh, we generate enough money to fund our own research and everything else we need to do. So there's really no reason.
0: Excellent. Great talk. Really appreciate you uh, taking the time. We know you guys have been uh, having a good uh, session here and uh, look forward to uh, hearing more from you in the coming coming months and years. This is uh, Dean DeBias with the Reboot Chronicles. You've been listening to with Jason Run, and he is the Chief Strategy Officer and many other things here at Zoho. Well, thank you for joining us today, and we will see you soon.